Hey guys, uh, John here. Before we begin today's episode of Talk About That, Johnny and I just wanted to record a little intro and just kind of give you guys a little context to today's episode. So Johnny uh, had several shows out of town uh, over this past weekend, so he and I got together earlier than usual this week. It was actually on Wednesday, January the 6th, to record this episode that you're about to listen to. And so... Obviously, that is the day of the tragic events at our nation's capital uh, when insurrectionists and others enacted violence, um, killing a police officer and others, of course, lost their lives as well. And it's a sad day in our nation. Uh, We just wanted you to know it was actually happening. We referenced it towards the end. It was beginning to happen as we were recording it. And so we do talk about a lot of serious things on this podcast, but we wanted you to also uh, not be surprised or wonder why we just kind of start off joking and do what we normally do as if nothing had happened uh, so you can uh, expect next Monday's podcast to be when we really uh, sort of unpack our thoughts on the tragedies of that day. Obviously, our thoughts and our prayers are, are with those uh, families who lost people on the uh, in the attacks. And obviously, uh, we invite everyone to all the things we always talk about in this podcast about uh, listening rightly and adhering to the gospel uh, above any nationalistic rhetoric or other things, uh, especially at this critical moment in uh, all of our lives. And so anyway, we just wanted you to kind of understand where we are and hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get started. Another Monday, another talk about that. I'm uh, John. We're back, baby. Yeah. Here's my buddy, Johnny. Yes. I, I forgot it. my name for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I had someone reach out to me that's a listen, avid listener of the show yeah? who said they wish that they'd known that I had so many bins <laughs> because they needed to borrow some bins. I said, come on over. So that offer nice. still stands. Nice. It'd be a great reason to get rid of something. Hey, this person needed some bins. I have a bin. It's like, have a penny, leave a penny. I know you shamed me for throwing away bins last week. Oh, this person was mad too. They said, this is... This John's a weird. They said John is a weirdo. Wow, he threw away bins. I go. He drinks coffee in the shower. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen with that kind of person? It's the greatest of all things. Uh, listen, I didn't. I just Johnny. I needed the space. So you're drinking coffee in the shower, and you're like the, 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 the epiphany <laughs> that you had was. I gotta throw away these bins. I didn't set out to. You're throw hopped away. up on caffeine. You didn't set out. You I accidentally threw them away. I didn't set out to throw them away. I started cleaning things. Yeah. And when a bin was full of a bunch of garbage, uh-huh. instead of emptying it into garbage, I was like, "This this bin's cracked or warped, or I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and throw it all this garbage into it." I did look at my wife at one point and go, "Look, we have all these misshapen, unmatched bins." I think what you looked at her and said was, "We can afford to buy a new bin." <laughs> <laughs> well, what I said was, "Look, we could make if if we need a bunch of bins, we could make a two hundred dollar investment, right?" And we could get a bunch of bins that all match and mm-hmm. stack properly and all those things. So what if we just restarted our bin life? Is it so? Is that such a, a bad, shameful it's thing? It's a new year. It's a new you. Restart your bin life. A new bin. Come on, guys. <sighs> there was something gross that happened to me last night. Okay. Well, this seems like the proper forum. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't told you about this like pre, pre-podcast. No. So I don't know if it, this happened the first time to me when I was in high school. So I have my my ears uh, produce an enormous amount of wax. Oh, uh, my brother in law is the same way. Like his mom, I remember when I started dating Laura, Greg would would lay on the floor. You ever seen somebody burn? Oh, the, the candle thing. The candle thing. It doesn't work for me. What do you mean? It doesn't doesn't do anything. I don't think it's a myth. Like like people think. 
afterwards there's like this residue left over like look there's all the wax it that sticks came to the it sticks to the candle thing but it's just the thing it's just the candle you burn i don't think it's really it's not really is your it, earwax that's come out the people I feel think like it dripping is. hot wax into your head you're not it comes out it supposedly somehow creates like this circular vacuum and it's supposed to bring it out and oh then, i see and then the people like for some reason i'm imagining like <clears> them <throat> dripping the hot wax and then pulling out a ear-shaped That'd be, it'd be amazing if it'd do that. You know, like Shrek, where he makes his own candle out of his earwax? Yeah, like it, it pulls the regular wax in out with it. like a. Supposedly it does that, but it doesn't oh. do it for me. So anyway, I got, so when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I went on a trip to Panama City with a bunch of friends. and uh, You ran out of candles, <clears throat> and you were like, I got this, fellas. <laughs> we loved our candles in Panama City senior year. Uh, and I went underwater yeah. in one of the pools, uh-huh. and I went totally deaf in one of my ears. And so, very uncomfortable. So I finally figured out, I mean, it's the first time it ever happened, and I got some earwax removal stuff, mm-hmm. and it took all day. Like, it was a horror. I was deaf for like two days. You know, by the next night, I finally put something in there in desperation, and took the little, the little, uh... A little squeezy bulb. Yeah, what do you, yeah, bulb. Suction yeah, guy. And began flushing, and like, dude, sorry, listener, but stuff came out. Right. Like an amazing amount of like stuff. Like a little tiny Tonka truck. Like a tiny... <laughs> <laughs> Micro machines that were in your ear. So much. So it happened. I was in the shower yesterday. And I went deaf again. <sighs> and so, yeah, I... Uh, what if Beethoven was just like really clogged up? Do we know? Maybe the whole time. Yeah. But it it was like a plug. Like a, like a plug came out. <sighs> like it was it was a good... But it feels good when it... Yeah. So I was a, like, oh my gosh. Like I... And, and then my right ear feels like now that I have hearing loss because... Yeah. So I did it in the right ear too. A little bit came out, but not that level. So I'm just kind of wondering. I had all these thoughts like... I wonder, because, you know, all these years us playing music, I think we have a little bit, I may have a little bit of hearing loss. Yeah, it was, we were on a lot of loud sounds. Yeah, like. A lot of decibel levels were pushed. Oh, my goodness. And then I ran a weed eater for a lot of my life, too. Oh, right. And, you, you got know, the low so, hum. And so my wife's always like, you can't hear anything, you know, but I think actually. I think I, every wife says that. I hear things every that she doesn't hear all the time. I'm like, I think my hearing's better than yours. And I started thinking, I wonder <laughs> if by divine providence, yeah. this whole time, all of this earwax buildup has actually protected my hearing. Like it's a layer between the damage and my eardrum. Come on, guys. What the devil meant for bad. <laughs> I need any audiologists to write in and uh, You had to cake know. your regular eardrums to protect you from Seth's drums. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Who's our church drummer? Drummers, drummers on the cymbals, they're the ones that'll get you. They so there, really was a, there was a story years ago about a kid who's, this was 10, 15 years ago, a kid who had a terrible smell. Like, you hear this story? No. Terrible, like... Well, I've known a lot of kids with terrible smells. They couldn't figure it out. It's it's not a remarkable story. Kids smell. (laughs) This was like a, you know, fifth grade or whatever. Maybe he was a younger kid. I can't remember. Anyway, he's smelling. They, The parents are like, oh, he gets sent home from school. It's too bad. It's just like he smells like rotted whatever. And the kid's like, we're promised. The parents are like, we're promised we're bathing him. We're doing our thing. Blah, blah, blah. It's not us. And then they take him to the doctor. The doctor can't figure out anything wrong with him. Like, it's, where's the smell coming from? And then they did an ear exam. There was a rotted Rice Krispie in his ear. This has got to be an urban legend. I'm telling you, a rotten, a rotten Rice how, Krispie how long produced, it, I don't know. And why would a Rice Krispie taste or smell so bad? What, well, first of all, how the Rice Krispie, it smells, been a, it smells like a toddler. It just puts, you know, things in their nose and in their ears. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like a processed piece of... Sure. I mean... 
Something was in there that as I it, thought you were going to say like, there was a baby bird or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a rice crispy. Yeah, that's the old thing about the mole on your face and the woman. You know, you uh, cut it and then the spot baby spiders go everywhere. Yeah. And that the, there was a movie like that. Yeah, this wasn't that. This was just a really stinky rice crispy. See, that makes me think it's true. Right. Because it's, right, if it was more, if it was going to be like a creature, it's not salacious at all. Right. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> So they, I don't know, but that, I, again, we, I'll, we, I'll probably look that up when we're done and be like, that's not true. But I'm telling you, I heard it forever that the kids stunk and it was a Rice Krispie. The Snopes like debunk things like that or is it just like. I think they do. Them? Yeah. The original reason was like urban legends like that yeah, that get passed around in email forwards. And yeah. back in the day, it was like faxes would come through. Remember that? You ever get <laughs> yeah. those? Oh, yeah. Faxes would come through to be like, just fun times to be funny things that you would spread. But it's like, that's how things which I still don't know how fax machines work. I think it's it's crazy to me that like words, we send a document and through a phone line, it comes out as words on a page on your end. That's odd to me. Doesn't make uh, any sense. I'm a little You're okay with it. I'm saying like I don't understand how it works. Here's here's another one. You ever see like the history of of uh like records? Like there was these old vases and and uh when they find old pottery it had grooves in it, and they think that it like, was the first generation of them discovering sound waves could be stored in something. And they think that's what led to like recording on wax with records. And so but the idea that somebody would go, you know what I bet we could do? You play your music, and I'll put it on this plastic thing, and then we put a needle down, and it'll vibrate through this, and then we'll put this horn on the other end of it like – who came up with that? Like, who had the idea to go? And I know who came up with it. We could look it up. But I'm saying, like, how did that thought process go? They're like, you know what we need to do. Dr. Record player. It's like, who was the first guy? That's the weird thing to think. Like, like who was the first person to drink milk from a cow? That's a weird dude, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't a revolutionary act, and it's great. Right. But the first person to be like, you know what we ought to do? <laughs> I think I'm going to have some of this. It doesn't belong to me. It's not from me, but I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to put it, this on my Rice Krispies and shove it in my ear. <laughs> if you really do dismiss your modern bias, right. the record player really is. We act like, oh my goodness, antiquated It's a technology. miracle. We, we don't know how it works. Maybe someone listening knows how it works. That audiologist who understands how earwax works. But the majority of us, we just kind of take it like, I think I understand better how you convert ones and zeros into a code yeah. than I do that analog sort of like oh my gosh what really is embedded in that wax that dries that allows the yeah how does it know sound? every time to make that the guitar solo like every time it goes the, the record goes into this groove it's that sound yeah. that we preserved somehow like, what did they do in the, how do they put that into the groove i want to know guys dude, I, we need to get into the groove this is <laughs> i don't know but it's weird and uh but i think it's cool to be i don't i like that i'm still amazed by things i was thinking about that the other day because Curry said she listened to a couple episodes ago, and we were talking about the Coles commercial, and she said just you describing the commercial made her cry, huh. and she's seen the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I remember telling you the story on the air, yeah. and it made you tear up. Yeah, just me telling the story, and I go, you know, that's kind of like a cool feature of of humanity. Yeah, 
And sometimes we work it out of ourselves, like we do enough things and we go around and we get in the world and we, we're taught to be more grown up and whatever. And then we just, we weed that out of our personalities in some way, especially guys. Yeah. But I'm so glad that I still am like a big softy in a lot of ways. Like I just, when I hear somebody's hurting, it bothers me. And when I, when I, when a movie, I can totally tell what the movie's doing. Uh, I'm watching Cobra Kai. So on Netflix, yeah. and there's a scene where he goes back to Okinawa to try to reconnect with Mr. Miyagi, who's passed, yeah. and they read a letter. You know, his this, his old friend reads a letter, and it's in Mr. Miyagi's voice, basically. Of, and he mentions him in the letter, Daniel San is blah blah blah, and I was like, I know what they're doing here. They're trying to get get one over on me. They're, they're trying ca- to make they're me cashing cry. in on your childhood. They're cashing in on Mr. Miyagi being yeah. this touchstone in my childhood. Yeah. And you know what? It worked. <laughs> you can't stop it. Niagara Falls. Mr. Miyagi. Wow. And so it's like, but part of me is like, ah, oh, I see what they're doing. But part of me is like, I love that. That That's a thing that happens. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I, I told you I cleaned out my garage. Obviously, the, the uh, famous or infamous. You wept over the tubs, incident. didn't you? So I, <laughs> I put out a little speaker, a little Bluetooth speaker, and I went to... Like, we have 90s playlists and stuff. Well, they had a 90s Christian playlist. Yeah. Like, just infinite numbers of 90s. Because I was out there for two days. You yeah. Know? So I put out this 90s Christian playlist and went down sure. memory lane, you know, and a lot of things. I mean, a lot of them I just skipped. But a lot of them was like, oh, I forgot about this song or this mm-hmm. group. And to your point, Butterfly Kisses came up. I oh, saw yeah. it with, with Bob Carlisle. And... I, I mean, I'm telling, I'm, 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 this is confession. I'm telling you, I look down on that song. Oh, sure. Like I'm looking down on it right now. Like I literally thought, I'm not going to listen to that. And I, and I pushed next on it. But, but the truth you, but is. now you have a teenage daughter. The truth is, <laughs> and I thought this at the time, but I didn't really think about it all the way through. You said this, but the truth is I do. I look down on it like, oh, that's a, that's cheesy music. Right. But the truth is I cry every time before yeah. I had a daughter. I will tear up, uh-huh. but I'm sorry, guys. And maybe again, like you said, it makes me less. Well, you're not the only one. I think there was a time when he when that song was gigantic, and he's done interviews since then. But he said that he was offered like six figures to come sing that at people's weddings. Like these rich people would uh-huh. be like, "Come sing this at at my daughter's wedding," and he turned them all down. And now he's like, "You know what? I should have thought it like <laughs> you know because obviously you know that was his peak. That was yeah. a huge peak." And uh, he said, you know, he's going, maybe I should have thought about uh, cashing in, you know. I'm not, I'm not uh, selling out, I'm buying in. And that the old, but uh, yeah, that, that song, yeah, we all kind of were like, oh, here we go, schmaltz. But it had, there was it an effect. You. Yeah. Especially when, if you have kids, I think, I would think it's you, like, you have a daughter. You do. When, when, you, when you get her, <laughs> she's in the bride room at the end, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she'll change her name today. That line is like, oh, like, I'm telling you right now. Oh no! Like that just gets me. Yeah, uh, that's why she's going to keep her name. Right? She'll make a promise, and I'll give her away. And you're just like, oh Jesus, no! I, I, I'm, this is supposed to be a great moment, forthcoming someday in my life, and yeah. it will be. But butterfly kisses right now. And again, since before I had kids. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say this, Johnny. There are others that I look down on that I don't have that reaction from. Well, yeah, like Christmas shoes. That was what I was about to say. Yeah. Christmas shoes is an abomination feels, to me. Like, I feel, can't. Like, you see the manipulation. It's so obvious. Because it was an email forward, wasn't it? Which I, I don't know. but I don't know. 
Yeah, there's some of it where you just go, all right, I see what you're doing. Do a better job of it. This is bad. But then I, I, some listeners, and again, I was teasing when I called it abomination. But some listeners is are Is there listening. somebody out there that's going to defend Christmas shoes? Yeah, and we, don't, we don't want you as a listener. Let me just say, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not true. Please, we, we love want, that you're listening. We want all of you as listeners. I, I, we can't afford to lose listeners. But I, I want... What what I want to, mm-hmm. to figure out is is that somebody's butterfly kisses. I get that, you know. Oh, so right. I don't want to. Oh, if it, yeah, if it's a touchstone like your family song, you shared it with your own mom. Because I've talked to people and they they they've even, lost their parent or whatever. Sure, they defend that, you know, like like. And I just for me, yes, it's like pandering. Mm-hmm. It's it's they they've made this song to get you to listen to this song, but I don't know. I just <laughs> I I'm I get weepy sometimes where like it's embarrassing i remember we watched there was a, a video that we put together on a mission like i went to the living hope center with you guys and then you guys went back another time that i wasn't able to go yeah. and so i was the big sunday service when you guys come back and then jeffrey's put together the big video oh recap gosh. and i'd already been so i knew what was coming in a lot of ways an epic video. but i think they opened the home yeah. in y'all's video and i was there like fixing it right before the opening like we were doing like staining doors and we were getting ready but it wasn't open yet so I think it was the first Christmas in the Bolivian Hope Center. So the kids are opening presents. And I remember at the end of the video, I was on the front row. For some, I think I got there late. So I'm on the front row with Curry. Watch this video. And then the music is playing, and he put the perfect song with it. And then at the end, it's just this logo. And then it goes quiet. I thought it wasn't going to be quiet. And I, I made a sound, like this guttural, like, hum, like this. It was like a, I couldn't catch my breath as I was weeping. And it was like people looked at me, and I was like, all right, this is... But it was like I couldn't. It was so like a visceral we were, reaction. We were, all, we were all weeping. Yeah, yeah. That was the Jeffrey Holland. Uh, we called that day sermon by pod. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It was like a twenty minute video, I think, and it was like the most epic because uh, we'd all been there, like you said. But a ima- it's like it's like he took this amazing experience and somehow uh, captured it and then translated it. Into because here's the thing you see some like you say it was like butterfly kisses as if you'd really given your daughter away we had experienced that yeah and now he, he was putting it somehow visually and the music and all the stuff was like in slow mo the kids with the water when they were playing games coming across their face yeah and it was just like even when you're driving we're all in the back of the trucks driving away and the kids are running uh, to say bye and waving and it was just like. Oh, he found yeah. a way. I mean, Jeffrey to this day. It's great. He's a great storyteller. I'll tell you, one of the, remember the, speaking of Jeffrey, so he does these cinematic wedding videos. Yeah. And again, like, again, this is, there's tricks of the trade. There's things. And I mean, my wedding was, uh, my marriage has been great. My wedding was a disaster. <laughs> we had so many things go wrong. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it was hilarious. Uh, stories for another day. But, so when I see these cinematic weddings, I was like, geez, this wasn't around when I was, you know, I mean, you get this like little mini movie that makes your day look perfect with drone footage and all this stuff. But I remember one of the earliest things he did where he sent out, he would share like, hey, here's a new wedding. You know, here's Kylie and Jeff. And you're like, I hear Kylie and Jeff. I'll watch this for Jeffrey just to tell him he's doing a good job. This was like early on. He'd been doing this a couple of years. And he did this thing where he's showing the rehearsal dinner and they're walking down in street clothes and they go behind this tree. So it's it's a fluid shot of them walking down the aisle and then it goes behind a tree. And when it comes on the other side of the tree, it's the wedding day and everyone's in all white and they're, yeah. and I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. Like I was like, my hands went up like touchdown. Like I didn't even know it was happening. 
You know, like yeah. what? Yeah. Like he captured this emotion for these people who I do not know. Yeah. I don't know. So there's tricks like that, but I just go, you know what? I don't care. To, you can trick me. I'll let you trick me. It's like when I go to a magic show, I'm not like, he's using magnets. Like, I'm not that guy. There's a Pete Holmes bit about that. Like, why would you go to a magic show and try to ruin it for yourself? But we do it. But like, I'm not that guy. I want to believe you're a warlock. I need to believe it. I want to right. believe it's real. Now, I remember Jeffrey's office used to be this office. Yeah. Remember that? And there's still a couple things left over in here. So my desk is Jeffrey's old desk, and my office was across the hall. And I remember we told the story before, but he, you know, uh, was working on – he would work on church stuff, but we allowed him, hey, man, use the space for whatever you need kind of thing. So he was editing all kinds of stuff. And uh, Allison, we had just finished a, like an overdrive retreat, which is mm-hmm. our leadership team kind of thing. And Jeffrey was working, and she was still here later for some reason – and I just remember the day that she walked over and stood behind him while he was editing one of those wedding videos. And I was listening. The doors were both open, obviously. And I was listening to them. She was asking all kinds of questions. And I just remember thinking, like, this is it. Like, if 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 someone recognizes that Jeffrey, like you said, is a masterful romantic storyteller with what he does, you yeah. know. And she did. She fell in love with him. They got married. They have two kids. You know, like, like it was – but I, I just – I remember, like – listening in not eavesdropping but yeah. like i wonder where this might go when someone realizes that this guy's got like an, an epic like <laughs> almost sixth sense about these kinds of right. things of course then he he did so many things when they were dating like you know take take her up on a hot air balloon did all kinds of stuff made, oh, us, made us all oh absolutely and i did great things i think we were dating but he made me look bad my favorite like, thing though about them is that they still don't have he still has not done their wedding video <laughs> It's like the plumber who has leaky pipes at home yeah, or whatever. It's so great. And he may have done it now, by now, but I just know that like, as of like six months ago, we were laughing about it in group because he's in my small group. We were laughing about it. Like, yeah, he still hasn't finished our video. I thought about that with my dad when we did all these videos, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how long it took me. I mean, I literally, uh, for one of my livings, spend my life putting people's stories together and all their details and mapping it out and I've spreadsheet things, storyboarding it, getting it correct. And like literally for all the history that my dad had <laughs> made, I'd never done it for our own family. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. A, being the family historian is like less, it feels more like a job, but when you're doing it for somebody, it's, it's easier to romanticize somebody else's story too. I think that's just true general, yeah. you know, in general. Cause you feel if your own story feels very ordinary sometimes, oh, yeah. I guess, you know, um, I don't know. Well, the hardest voice for me to write in is my own. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I don't trust it as much. I'm Mm -hmm. learning, you know, the book I just wrote with Reggie, that was a little easier to write as myself because I get to also take his stuff and write. Like I get to point counterpoint or whatever. yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's something to that in comedy too, where like if I'm watching somebody's show, like I have good friends in comedy, Marty Simpson is one. Uh, I have another friend who I just did some shows with Sean Reynolds and we did these two shows together in Nebraska over the holiday near the holidays. And Sean's really like, he's kind of a young comic, but he's been doing it eight years, which is like really young still. I've been doing it like 11 years and it's still really young because you're still finding your voice. But when you've seen somebody's show two or three times, as I have with Marty and Sean, I've seen Marty's hour like 20 times maybe. And he's seen mine 20 times. There's like a thing of, you know how to give them tips. Like, hey, you mentioned your uncle here. This should be a callback. Your uncle should come back in to this right. bit. Or you said something about, you know, whatever, and you should bring this back. And they'll go, ah, oh, 
it's like you're too close to it to see it for yourself. You get the best advice from somebody who really has seen your show. Because, like, if you do a joke the same way a hundred times, it gets like it's like brain mapping. It's like yep. a template. It's locked in somehow, and then you forget you forget to move forward with it. So it doesn't advance like it should. But with somebody else's show, you can look at it and be like, oh, well, why doesn't he just do this? I thought you were going to say this. And they'll go, why didn't I say that? Or whatever. And it's yeah. like this huge. So I love it when comics will do that for me. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great because they're not writing in your voice. They're like, well, I would have said this. And you're like, yeah, but I don't say things like that. But you do that to my sermons all the time. Oh, really? I'll, I'll, and I love it. But I'll oh. get done and you'll go, ooh, I thought you were going to go and you'd say this one thing I could have said. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dang it. That would have yeah. been great. You know, why didn't you? Uh, that's why we should, you should hear all should, my sermons. The dry run. Front. I yeah. need to. Hmm. No, and, and that's, did you, have you watched Queen's Gambit? I haven't yet. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. I've oh heard. We'll edit that out. No, I've, I've heard great things. <laughs> I heard great things about the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> uh, no, I've heard it's awesome, and I uh, I need to look into it. We're what? in. The, we're obviously I'm in Cobra Kai right now. So I see that. We it's a very intellectual exercise. <laughs> you got to watch Cobra Kai, dude. Oh, oh, we, it's, maybe it's great. Maybe we Fine. finished Endeavor. We caught up on Endeavor. See that makes me sense. now you're being like, mm, Endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a British BBC show, right? Yeah, so but it's, it's the opposite of Cobra Kai. Well, it's 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 PBS. Okay, is, so but I think that's the same thing. Well, it's I don't. It's not the same thing as BBC, but it's it's very, it's very it's very uh, masterpiece. Thank you, theater on PBS, which I, th- I may have a BBC connection. So yeah. At any rate, I'm caught up on it, and now we're wa- then we watch Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. which is a uh, temporary. It's not a repeating season. It's like just a uh, what is it called? Limited. Yeah, limited series. We used to call that a mini series back in the day. Yeah, but I don't want to give it away. I had a point of asking yeah, don't, that. Oh yeah, don't tell me. But things. it's not a. I would just say. I would just say this mm. that there's a, a cool like collaboration yeah. element that comes in at the very very end uh, because of of the way Americans versus Europeans or Russians and others who are you know the masters. But it's a fascinating, and it's set in the in the sixties. But it's a fascinating way of seeing how Americans view, uh, I guess, intellect and and you know, dominance. And so there, there's just a storyline there that's really interesting. Because I, I think collaboration is like, even though I'm kind of a loner and and been prideful most of my life and think I can figure things out for myself, you know, that's that's God's gift to me. Yeah, is not just the collaborative writing, but like the 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 knowledge that someone doesn't have to necessarily know more than me in order to improve what's happening in me. Like, right, they can know more about just a piece. Yeah, and that's enough. And so there's a real like humbling, like oh, you, yeah, this whole time you could only receive from people you thought mm-hmm. were like superior. And it's such a linear way of thinking and such a non-gospel way of thinking is that only those who are superior and, uh, you know, which makes you think that you're superior, which is that it turns out all of that was not true. <laughs> like that there's this real beauty in, in just, and, and you know, what Paul says, something like, I'm, I'm going to quote, like, I don't know, even it may be the living Bible here, joining so mm. it's out there, but basically Careful. he makes this, he makes this statement that you should enjoy the company of just regular people. Have you mm-hmm. ever read that scripture? In, in yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Like just don't think of yourself higher than others, but enjoy the company of just kind of regular people. I mean, I don't want to use the term common, but that's the idea. Like don't, don't be an elitist. Paul was an elitist intellectually. Yeah. But he's saying, enjoy the company. You know, God, God is working in all of these things. Yeah. Um, 
I think there's just a. I think that's why I do this podcast. You're just you're just this hanging out with the me, commoners. This is me slumming it. <laughs> well, and again, I, and I say that with all that is part of my testimony. I'd say if you want to use that word, my story. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever. I love hanging out with kids my whole life. It's not like I feel. Into, yeah. you know, superior to people, those kinds of things. But maybe hanging out with kids made you feel even more intellectual because they have to glean wisdom from you. So it made you, it kind of it did. It, stroked your ego some. And they liked that too. They, they you know, right. it, it sets you in this place where it's hard to receive from people you think don't know more than you, whatever the heck that means. And I think there's wisdom. I'm not going to take advice necessarily. Advice is the way we, is the category we put all that into. Right. Oh, this is all advice. Well, right. I mean, advice is a very narrow category. And I think for Christians uh, and even for just people, we we kind of put everything. If someone calls me and asks for advice and I don't know them, yeah. you know, then it's real narrow. It's about hey, how do you write a book proposal? You know, I get I get one of those calls every month. Yeah, you know, hey, can you help me? My friend is looking to write a book, but it, there's no like real sharing. I'll end up sharing more, but there's there's a limit to how much. Yeah, I can really share because it's a very narrow place, but a relationship. Then you know, where someone may not know as much about this in that area, and I don't know as much about that in that area of their life. Then, like over time, instead of us just sitting around trading advice, like we're trading life. Yeah, and you end up being sharpened or built up in ways you never thought possible because you would have been too prideful to look at it before. Well, that's a principle in comedy. Uh, there's always a principle in comedy. There's a principle called turning the tables. There's like seven or eight principles of comedy. Mm-hmm techniques in comedy that I learned when I was taking a comedy writing class. One of them is turning the... Because t- I looked at my a show, it made me look at my jokes and go, I have like two of these in my act. Yeah. You know, I've got like wordplay in my act and I have uh, maybe uh, like a testimonial or, uh, you know, I'm editorializing from my point of view. But there's so many others that I wasn't using. And one of them was turning the tables, which is when you have a situation like the cop pulls you over. Do you know why I stopped you? And you say, I don't know. You wanted a donut. You're 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 turning the tables on the authoritative right. person. You the I quit story from your job as a joke. But one of my favorite principles of comedy is like the city mouse, country mouse kind of a vibe where you're sp- you're getting a point of view from somebody who's the simpler person and they have more wisdom in them. Yeah. And they, they, and then sometimes they even outdo the uppity city person in clown culture. Uh, there's a, it's called a Toby where the, the country bumpkin clown gets the best of the uppity, whatever person. Uh, that's what the Andy Griffith show is. Yep. He's the simple, the whole show is based on, we live simply here. We just tell the truth, and we. I mean, except he lies every episode. Yeah, but we're home for dinner, and we're whatever. We, you yeah. know, we just we we're honest, simple people, and that's enough. And you know, you mean you see it? You see it throughout. It's one of the. There's a show called Ted Lasso on right now that I've tried to get you to watch. I'm going to watch it. Oh, it's you on need to watch it. It's that because everyone in the show is out for themselves, and then you got this guy who's this completely pie-eyed optimist, and it stands out so much. Uh, and he wins despite himself uh, in at life. It's it's fascinating. So, and it just it's fascinating too because of what it could do to television writing in the future. Because it totally ups. It's like a disruptor. Huh. You see, you see. I mean, I, I could. I, I'm telling you now. There's meetings in studios where they're going. Well, we didn't see this coming. 
Turns out we got to no, start. No, don't spoil it. You got to start writing like uh, optimist. We got to start figuring out how to positivity. You got to put it back because, like, again, we see the positivity. We're so cynical now as a right. culture that we're like, oh boy, this is going to be cheesy. But somehow they figured out a way not to make it cheesy, and uh, so that's great. That's a great. But anyway, that whole thing of like, yeah, we we can learn from somebody who doesn't have the same life experience as us, even if they're less educated than us. They have something. They have something to say. Yeah. And sometimes we cut ourselves off. Well, and there's such a there's such an arrogance to thinking that your education or your experiences cause you to not be able. I mean, it's a real place of repentance over over time. I look back. I don't have a lot of regrets. Are not the right word because I feel very. I feel forgiven. I feel um, that I'm being like I've I've been broken my whole life. That's it's okay because that's what grace is for. And then I'm being healed. So it's not like, again, because I say these things, people are like, well, you shouldn't feel bad. Everything's, you know, I don't feel bad, mm-hmm. but I still, I can see it clearly. I look back at how much I did not let, whether it was kids or youth leaders or whomever, I did not let them speak into me. I let, they were all happy to let me speak into them and how many times it, I didn't mean to do it, but it was very real that they would say something and I would just be like, well, you know, like if it was a tad theologically off, mm-hmm. you know, it was discarded all then. Yeah. And I would gently do it. I wouldn't make them feel bad, but I would, what I was trying to do was help them be closer, you know, to, that's, you're instructing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, there's a place for that. It's not like you just accept all things, but there's probably a lot of things that were said that like, I wasn't really open-minded to the idea that maybe <laughs> that was something I could have learned. Yeah, you know, and I'm trying to do that differently as a father. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to like, okay, you know, with with kids, you just like this person doesn't know anything. You know, like I was there this the day this person was born. Like this person, you know, it, you just begin to realize there are things outside of of intellectualism. There are things outside of experience. There are things outside of perspective that is is self and developed because I put a high I mean, like, I guess learning is a high commodity for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 super important. So I think I end up then, you know, relegating everything that matters into that category. And some of that's being a six as an Enneagram. Like, you, you're in a head triad. You're in a yeah. thinking first triad. So it's a it's a constant, like, I don't know how not to take everything through the filter of, of intellect, but I can learn the, you know, the whole goal, by the way, of the Enneagram, Johnny, I know you want to hear this. Oh, please. The real goal is that you take something from all the numbers, the healthy parts of all the numbers, like, you know, that you learn from all, you're not just supposed to be your one, but there's, you know, I don't, I don't have to react in this way. <laughs> I can learn from the four, you know, who's going to be more apt to sit in their negative emotions and just feel them. As opposed to me that thinks my way out of them and positively spins things, you know, because, right. you know, I don't want to feel that. Um, so I don't have to, you know, I, I see that as just being completely melancholy. But, you know, a little bit of melancholy in a healthy dose is part of life. And so there's just like this fullness to it. So whether it's from a kid or whether it's from others, like, yeah, being okay with people being different, you know, and that's interesting because you and I have always thought the same on a lot of things. Yeah. You know, uh, and when we think differently – you know, I think early on it was probably uncomfortable. I don't think we saw a lot of things that thought that differently on, you know. Um, 
But you always say that when we're off the air, like, well, I don't want to show where we just agree on everything. <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of it's the- not as interesting. But yeah, uh, to your point though about like you've got, you have you place a premium on education and intellect, but like we have intellectual conversations, and I didn't graduate college, I didn't even go to college. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like there's other ways to acquire knowledge and an intellectual like love of learning. Sure. Than to go get a piece of paper and like you respect that you don't you weren't like well Johnny I know what you think but if you had spent four years at an institution like I have then you would know <laughs> yeah you know you've never, never pan- you never, never condescend that's what I'm saying no. you don't condescend so there's a different but some people do they're like well okay well that's how you're gonna think because you didn't experience this thing I experienced right. you know. Yeah, I've always been jealous that you're way smarter than me. Like, oh, stop see, like it. your mind just is quicker. You know, like it just. Thinks- well, I condescend to you, but that's <laughs> that's my right. No, I just think being dismissive of people is dangerous because you miss out on what they could offer. You know, it's not just a matter of like you turn into a jerk. It's a matter of like you're not getting, like you said, you're not getting that piece that could be the the piece you're missing. Yeah, and I and I'm having to. Um, I think in the current, and again, we're not talking about politics, Johnny. Okay. But <clears throat> I think... Is I, anything happening with politics right no, now? No, nothing's happening. I don't even... Nothing to see here. Um, I just... I just... Where I struggle, and, and I actually told Laura last night, I was, I was watching... Uh, I'm not going to... No, nothing's happening, but there may or may not have been a runoff election happening. Oh, right. In a, in a certain state that may or may not determine uh, which party is going to control the Senate. And so I was watching, and because I, I preached a sermon on Sunday, right about, about digital health and <clears throat> digital health and conspiracy and right uh, vetting things before you share them and yeah, this may be one you actually listener would go listen to yeah. So I mean, because I, I we talked about it on the podcast some last week, but I mean, I if you want to, so go to go to uh, a deep dive church at pleasantgrove dot com and go in there to the to the videos or the watch section and you can see that from from last week. Um, January the 3rd, I think, was the date. But um, I decided, like, part of what we said was, hey, you know, the, the, the best place, there's, there's, there's security or wisdom, safety, and many counselors. There, you know, uh, one, the first one who states his case seems right until another comes and examines him. Like, that's the nature of things is everything seems right when you've only heard one side. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you may still be right, but there's going to be a fuller perspective when other perspectives are added to it. And so it sounds like for a lot of people, just some uh, moderate hocus pocus mumbo jumbo, you know, like, oh, yeah. you just want us to. And I'm saying like, no, there's there's a path. Like if you've, if you've pared everything down to one investment, you've pared everything down to one news source. We talked about mm-hmm. that last week. So it would be better for you to actually listen to more than one. And then we talked about how to extrapolate out of the middle. But then watching – I mean, I just I was, I was fixing something, uh, doing some chores while I was doing it, and watching the news of the Senate runoff. You know, yeah. I decided to try that, and I flipped to a news station that is not like it is the most extreme news station I could think of. Yeah. So, uh, and and sure enough, out of the gate, I mean, they were saying things on the news station <laughs> I just couldn't agree with less. Like, I just, oh my goodness, you know, like, because I have pretty strong feelings about constitutional things right. you know, and, uh, and processes. I wrote my congressman this week. I'll put it that way. Oh, boy. <laughs> and um, trying to be engaged somewhat. 
but you know what? That's a part of it. I told she, Laura came home and said, well, I'm trying to live out my own sermon here. So I have now listened to two different sides. Mm-hmm. But I at least understand. I'm not, I'm not going to think of anyone here necessarily as my opponent. I'm just going to understand you know, what it is. And there were some points that really made it more clear for me. Like, okay, in this constitutional crisis, this is the, this is the angle they're coming from. Yeah. You know, whether it has to do with state legislatures, you know, constitutionally having the right to adapt election procedures, which is all procedural. I told us that, well, it turns out, I mean, that viewpoint is procedural. It's not really about right. whether about the stuff that was in place that caused the misdoings to possibly happen, right? Right. Whether my, they did or not, well, which there hasn't been proof of. This but I'm wasn't saying, yeah. even, they weren't even acknowledging any misdoings. Right. Is that a word? I don't know. I don't know. But they, they, they were not. A, the, Evil deeds, dirty deeds. John. They were, they were down to a point. They weren't mentioning fraud. Yeah. They were almost saying these votes may not be legal because of a procedural, mm-hmm. a constitutional procedural matter. Which to me, I go, look, you know, I think the whole goal of the voting process is if you know, one person, one vote gets to actually, you know, that's democracy. Like, I want all the people to be, I, yeah. don't, I don't want to exclude. Yeah, the idea of suppressing just, it's, it stinks to me. But I do think that the procedure's right, and I'm a, I'm a constitutionalist in that respect, too. I want you to do it right. All this. I just think, like, okay, but the, whether I agree with their, with their opinion, like, I understood yeah. a little better. Right. That there is a point to be made there. That yeah, you can't just bypass constitutional procedure. And, and I think the question is, did, and the courts have said they did not for the mm-hmm. most part up to now. Uh, and that's where I got off a little bit. Like it's not the court's decision. And I was like, well, it actually is the court's decision. You're yelling at your television at so, this point. No, I wasn't. I just oh, okay. But there's a dis. It is an uncomfortable discipline to, yeah. to listen to both sides. And, yeah, and, and to allow another side to at least inform. I do think it's something that we all need to engage in more. And, and there may come a place where I go, look, you've lost your ability right. to speak into. That's fine. If somebody's just a fool and you're listening, at some point you're like, all right, this person's But we think themselves. everybody are, is fools now. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, if any, But I'm saying if, if there, is a, there is a bridge too far, though, right, where you're I like, I've, I've, told, I've said this person's – they've lost their value to speak into my ear every day. There's a moment in time for me for, for certain um, – and, and I want to be careful here. Jeez, Johnny, I said we're not talking about this. Uh, <laughs> there was a moment when and I've had this conversation with the family members. There was a moment, regardless of outcome, mm-hmm. regardless. I'm not. I'm not stating any of my opinions on this. I'm just stating that that there was a moment when POWs were made fun of mm-hmm. in a previous election that I experienced a high degree of cognitive dissonance why so many people around me mm-hmm. were not up in arms right while supposedly being totally on board for the troops and every time you talk yeah. about the troops they're just going to go you know it's bake sales it's whatever for the troops we we stand for the flag we but then this guy says this and you're like what yeah yeah like nothing it, was nothing yeah nothing deafening silence i i, I, I it gravely again, not out of it's not a personal attack or someone. I'm not saying. I'm just saying like there's a moment in time there to your point that yeah. I think that was like a hey, I'm not sure. Yeah, we've gotten off track here. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm going to go along. You know, with uh, and, and everybody see has the thing though. Well, for Curry, it was that same thing, but it was the handicapped thing. Yeah, the the speech when uh, when he mocked the handicapped reporter. 
He literally did the mocking. And Curry's Curry's a caregiver for a handicapped lady, and she was like, we're done. Yeah. (laughs) Close the shop. (laughs) And again, if you're listening right now, I'm like, I'm not, this is not us going off on that. Like, I'm not saying that other parties, candidates haven't done things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, again, we get into that opposition based mindset where we can't just, you know, critically think about the one thing at hand. Our point or my point, I can't speak for you either, Johnny. Thank, thank you, John. But I could say like, yeah, it's not that that's a bridge too far or that that candidate can no longer do anything else. I think they're, I think that's a that's a faulty mindset, too. There are a lot of great things that that candidate could do or did do. Because, uh, again, I think the idea that the, the the White House, the presidency is one person. <laughs> I mean, this is right. a this is an executive branch of yeah. government. So, like, there is thousands of people, you know, and and often bipartisan people who are skilled at what they do, running many, many federal agencies, and um, you have all kinds of people who are <laughs> secretaries of this and that, and cabinet members, and I mean, it's it, it's it's vast. Um, it's not it's not one person. So, no, I don't I don't have to discredit all of the work of all of those people. I'm just saying, like that maybe tone is is pretty important to me but to me i saw like a hey i'm gonna struggle i'm gonna struggle with that because i think that there are some some sacred things one i mean i've never i think we all should acknowledge and honor even if i don't agree with the wars we went to fight like if i think man right how many boys died in vietnam when i know from a cold war perspective there was no there was no end game and you know, we're just sending them out to patrol mm-hmm. just in order to, you know, like, okay, you know, we, there's a war we didn't, we weren't trying to win. I'm not the only person thinking that. That being said, it's right. how I mean, we, how we treat our warriors is important. Yeah. How we, how we, how we honor them or don't honor them. It I mean, says a lot about our culture. Yeah. yeah. And so, and since then, there's been other things. I mean, war is messy. It's, it's rare that you have a, a World War II experience where there's a clear, a right. clear evil call to is, arms and a clear victory and all that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I think that's how we think of, of, of war, but it's like, it's a, even then there's complexities. I mean, there's a lot of complexities in the 1930s regarding Nazi Germany that, you know, things could have gone a lot differently if people would have listened or had opposed correct ideologies before those ideologies became what they mm-hmm. became. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's, of course that's during the depression. There's all kinds right. of, you know, reasons that probably didn't happen, but, um, I just, I mean, again, half of Europe uh, sort of winked at yeah at fascism, uh, you know, and 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 there was while he f- dug in his heels. There was fascist parties in mm-hmm. England and the United States and all over, and, and people didn't realize, I think, you know, all the, the the outcomes that could be. So I just I just mean like yes, I have had to be corrected to say in myself like hey, that all that being said that that made a difference for me. I am at a loss of why it didn't make a difference, especially for my father's generation. Yeah. And my father and I had those conversations before right. he passed. Like, well, and many of those people, too, in the boomer generation who who had lost their, like, the soul of America, the piece of them that died when the Nixon scandal happened where they're like, can we not trust our politicians anymore? They were so cynical about politics. So to see them get, to my way of thinking, hoodwinked by someone and this cult of personality that took over like that was a part of it. I just couldn't understand like so you were so cynical and you throw your lot in with this guy like that that was so confusing to me yeah like I can understand Republican 
policies, politics, and you go, well, this is the guy we got. Sure. We ended up, he won the primaries. What am I going to do? I got to vote my conscience here, and I believe in conservative politics, whatever. But to fight you over a guy, to, to say this is the guy, this is the hill we're going to die on, is for this person. I just go, I don't, I, I felt, uh, I felt so estranged from my sensibility. I was like, wow, is this happening? But yeah. again, again, it's, it, it, and like you said, it's the generational thing of like, what does that even, well, how does it mean? How do I, how do I reconcile it in my mind? Cause it's like, I know there's a lot of great things that about that generation. I just, I don't understand how they didn't see through it. We're going to have to edit all this out, aren't we? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and again, I think I think and it's an insulting to them for us to say that they were targeted for that very reason. You know, there were there Maybe. were certain there were certain things that were yeah. that they they felt the need to respond to that were good in them that yeah. they needed to respond to, whether it be law and order or a restoration of a bygone era, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, no, it was, and it's okay. You're like it's okay. I think I I got I have learned to be more okay. You know, with uh, not me, John. Not going to be okay. <laughs> Nothing this to see is, here. John and I have an, have an announcement to make. We're launching our own news channel. <laughs> it's called Fair and ba- John Max. Fair um, and balanced. Yeah. Remember that was the original Fox News thing was fair and balanced. Fair and they would balanced. have like they would give equal time. Hannity and Calms. Yeah. They had Calms on there, and it went away. Just Hannity. Yeah, then it was just Hannity, and it was like I don't know. Wh- the original idea of Fox News was a counter to what CNN was gonna, what they perceived CNN was, which was all left wing. Uh, and they, so the idea of it starting out was like, okay, I can get on, I can almost get on board with it. I'd, I'd watch a show like Hannity and Combs would be like, well, this yeah. makes sense. You know, yeah. Combs would be snarky, point counterpoint. And then yeah, the, somewhere along the way, they were just like, this doesn't. They didn't drive. It was money. It was a money decision. Right, it had to do with money and sponsors, probably. Right, I don't know. I don't have the history of that. I could, I could infer. I yeah, mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it'd be interesting to me how many of the of the personalities that were um, like Shepard Smith, right, is now at MSNBC. Yeah, yeah, which is considered more liberal than CNN. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy who was a, I mean, a, he was their guy, their one of their main anchors on the conservative, yeah. you know, station. Like and uh, what's her face? Shoot, uh, Greta Van Susteren, Megan Kelly. Okay, at NBC. You know she she left there. I don't know if Greta left. Did Greta leave? I don't know. I don't know. I just like saying Greta but Van these, Susteren. These are probably their two biggest personalities. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's very that's very interesting. I mean, besides Bill O'Reilly, who had the big blow up of of yeah, that was a scandal. Yeah, scandal. But um, you you did ask the question though, like, hey, you know, is there a, a place? Sure, there's a place where. I think here's the thing. I can hear. I want to be able to hear sources that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's if, different than hearing a source and saying like they've shown themselves not to be trustworthy. Right. If they're not trustworthy, then they're still. That's back to last week. Yeah. What are they saying that aligns with other things? What are they saying that's quoting somebody? What mm-hmm. are they saying that's a clip? I or can they're go, just editorializing constantly. Right. Yeah. So I can still hear and, and understanding their their editorializing may help me understand you know, better where they're coming from. Right. Uh, what I want to do is not be quite as dismissive. I do think that we've become so just extremist and militant on all sides. It, we've lost that ability to converse or to dialogue. Um, because yes, whether it's for, for one person, you know, 
it's 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 an issue that can name they're a one voter issue and and they can you know or or one issue voter. one issue voter one yeah. voter issue is a different thing a one voter issue they're uh, you know a one issue voter and 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 one I, voter issues wouldn't pass <laughs> be hard we had one vote on this issue and, guys uh, when I ran for office that was a, that was a one voter issue no I mean I think it's a you know it's just can I respect my opponent even if I consider their viewpoints to be, say, yeah. just reprehensible? Right. And can I can I still say okay? You know, there's a. I think that's the that's a, and it's hard. Like I think for you and I both, surely, that's hard mm-hmm. because yeah, I man, you you cross a line. You, you know what I think it is, John? What's that? Neither of us have any sugar in our body. Oh my goodness! Because I've been doing this is day six. We're recording this on January sixth, right? Mm, that's correct. And I am in. This is six days now without any sugar or carbs. Wow. I have a few carbs a day, but not like enough to. to I don't like how you carbs. said January sixth. This is six days. Six days. There's three sixes there, Johnny. Oh, coincidence? Whoa! Conspiracy? It would be. I listen. You're a better man than I for many reasons, but one of them is is you had the gumption to start yours on the first. Yeah. Which is what a Thursday or a Friday? Yeah, because it's January first. It felt like a good you know, dude. To a why clean start? No, man. You gotta have that weekend. Start out on a Monday. You start on a Monday. So I'm three days. Ahead. Yeah. Well, I've not really dieted in. Yeah, diet's a strong word. I've not really dieted in the, uh, almost a year and a half. Yeah. So this feels like, uh, yeah, it feels pretty restrictive. <laughs> I've been eating. You know what I love? A chocolate orange. You ever have a chocolate orange, John? Uh, you know what they are? I do know. And that's kind of an acquired. Some people like them. Some people don't. Some people hate them. Yeah. But it's like an. It's literally what it sounds like. It's an orange. You have to break it. It's an orange. It's a. It's an orange. It's the one you made on of the chocolate. Table you have to it, smash it to make yeah. all the pieces separate. Yeah, and it's got a little orange oil in it, so it's got a little orange, tiny bit of orange flavoring in it. But it's good. I don't and, think chocolate and orange are supposed to go. together. And you're eating though. it, and after a while, you're like, I've eaten an entire chocolate orange. <laughs> you look at the serving <laughs> size, and you're like, like, it's fruit, though. It's, it is true. I'm that's what my, Sadie would say. She'd be like, it's got fruit. It's in got it. fruit in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember there was a, like a Minute Maid started making like this lemonade. It was basically a soda. It was Minute Maid lemonade, a yeah. two-liter. And I remember on the bottom, they, they had to put in huge letters, contains no fruit juice. <laughs> like, just in case you might have thought, like, if you're a, a, yeah. a you know, discriminating mother trying to buy something. Just in case. Well, it's Minute Maid lemonade, lemons. Mm-mm. Contains no None. lemon. Not an ounce of juice was placed in this batch. Yeah. For us, yes, we went, listen, it was a slow descent into dietary madness. Well, it's a COVID time. A lot of people are going through this where they're... I did really well. Like the, 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 the COVID first, twenty, the COVID fifteen. Yeah, the first six months, I did really, really well. And but you were running, yeah. Too, and I, I kept. But you running. said you're doing good on the eating too. I did okay. Yeah, I did okay. Remember, you and I would try you, to outrun it. You go well. I had the extra, but I'm gonna. Yeah, well, I would keep eating mostly low carb, and then I started adding this and started adding that, and then holidays hit. What was this and that? Carbs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll put it this way. By the end of this, it yeah. doesn't matter where we started, but by mm. the end of this, we were buying generic double-stuffed Oreos because we were eating so many of them. Hydrox. Who can afford the, the real Oreos? It was just one of those like, yeah, she made – she <laughs> makes so many things at Christmas that are so – and Sadie. Yeah. Like made – she made a yellow cake for me with homemade homemade cake and icing. Sadie from does scratch. not make anything from scratch for my birthday. Yeah. And I'd be a fool, a bad father, not – Right. To walk what? past it all mm-hmm. day for the next five days and keep just taking bites out of it, not even cutting slices, just eating directly out of it. 
in the bed. I w- <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> I think eventually, because you know they got double stuff. Now they have triple stuff. Do they? I think they have triple stuff wow. now. Eventually, they're going to have a tub that's just the stuff. <laughs> and then you can just go in. Like, you know what? Who needs a cookie at this point? Well, they could sell just the cookies. You could dip them and get all that you want on it. Hold the phone. Wow, I, I think they do that. A little snack pack for kids. I think they have little cookie sticks and you dip it in the... But it's not Oreo brand, but it's basically a that's wow. a knockoff. No, I, I stepped on the scale Monday. Yeah. And, and it said, walk on, do not drive on. So, again, it was it didn't all happen. It said, to be continued. I'm trying to think of every Yo Mama <laughs> joke said, that I can think of. <laughs> it said, uh, trucks over 50,000 pounds, pull to the right here. Um, no, I, I, I noticed, I told you I went on that trip. Yeah. Uh, and I gained eight pounds. On a trip. And I, yeah, on how one long, trip. How long a week. A, trip? a week trip. John, that's a pound a day. Well... Uh, ish. Yeah. So, and, and, and then when I came home, I lost some of it back. That's what I'm saying. Like the bottom of this kept coming up the, the floor and your bottom kept going <laughs> sagging. And so, but I was still running some yeah. and I, even this whole time I ran some, but that final like three weeks, three to four weeks there where we were in December, yeah. we finally just said, forget it. Now well, I ran. cakes and pies and you're yes. grabbing things out of cookie dishes. Late, and, late nights. Uh-huh. You know, well, we're not. Like, even when I was putting the stockings together for my nieces, we were putting candy in this, like, we would buy two bags of Reese's peanut butter cups to put in, wow. like, dumping them in each stocking, candy cane. And you're like, one for you, one exactly. for me. Exactly. You're filling yeah. up, you're going, oh, You know, <laughs> quality control. <laughs> and my favorite part, my niece, like, we put a bunch of stuff in the top of it and one was like a little journal and like a sticker book for her, yeah. and she's four. And uh, so I said, now, there's stuff in there that's wedged in there. You might have a hard time. Let me help you get it out. And she turned the stuff. She shook it. She turned it upside down and shook it. And candy went flying everywhere. I mean, it's like it a went, Christmas pinata. It was unbelievable. Wow. And, uh, and then I ate some more of that. <laughs> I, I said, well, let me help you clean this up. Yeah, I, it really is that. It, after a while, you realize there's no bottom to mm-hmm. this like i could do this and did do this for years it's pretty sad like then you're then you're but john just, i don't want the listeners to think that you're fat now i gained 20 not, pounds that's the end of my story i have gained 20 like it truly is now a covid 20 20 mm-hmm. johnny or 20 if you say it i don't know 20, 20. i could never be a news reporter 20 i say so yeah i have i'm three days this is day three i'm, I'm of coming back to Reality restriction back to low carb, which is where I ate for a year and a half. And low carb is not hard for me. You said earlier, you, you just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to stick with it. And yeah. I'm, but I was just doing to see, like, could I give up? Can I detox from sugar? It's a detox for 10 days or sure. whatever. So we're in the midst of that. I'm going to go, I think, two months pretty, pretty strict. I'm going to give up tomorrow, but <laughs> so we're different in that way. I ran, I've, I've, I've run every day this week. It's different running with no sugar in your body. It is. Today... You realize like, wow, I was just powering myself with yeah. corn syrup, wasn't I? <laughs> it really was. Today, the day three, in the cold, mm-hmm. It and, and you and I were going to eat lunch. We brought lunch to eat here before we, mm-hmm. we started recording. And I... So I didn't have a lot on board, like some breakfast... Which is all protein. You said a lot on board. Is that what you're yeah, referring like I, to? Because it's kind of like body. I, ran I didn't have a lot of sustenance on board. <laughs> and so I, I, but I, it was right before. Yeah. Like I ran right before I came here. And mm-hmm. so, dude, it was for real. I drugged myself by my mind. Like it was, it was a mental workout, not a physical one. Because I, I can't believe I finished it. Like I was praying 
in that last like quarter mile, yeah. like thinking I'm not going to make it. Like, wow. There's no, I can't make it this last quarter mile. There's no way. And I was behind you with a megaphone. You can do, you can it. do it. I wasn't. See, but even like when we come here to record on Sunday mornings or come to do services, someone always picks up a box of donuts. And for yeah. the last like year and a half, two years, I just don't have the donut. And so once I've broken that seal, uh-huh. of course I now have the donut. Uh, all the donuts. One morning I woke up on a Sunday and we had Krispy Kreme donuts there from the night before. Yeah. And I ate one of those. Right. Then I went to church and someone else brought a box of donuts mm-hmm. and I ate one of those. I had two donuts from two independent sources. They weren't even in they were not in collaboration, if you know bring it all back around today. There was no corroboration of this crime, Tony. <sighs> I just happen to have donuts in two places offered to me, and I took them both. Sometimes you need to get your donuts from people who agree with you and people who disagree with you. That's right. The one was Krispy Kreme. The other was a different, a totally different. One's a cake donut, and one's, what do you call a Krispy Kreme donut? It's like a... Delicious? It's, cake donuts are the worst. It just soaks up all the moisture in your body as you eat it. Somehow it's getting bigger as you Johnny, chew how it. How are you eating donuts if it's soaking up all the moisture? It's just... <laughs> you can't... You can't... Finish it. It's, it's the grossest thing. Cake donuts. Get out of here with that. What? that Krispy Kreme, name? the glaze is like a, and it's all, it's, it just melts in your mouth. It is. It's like they're just putting straight frosting yeah, into your. Can, unbelievable. Yeah. But I like them both. Well, how many, there was, uh, Nate Bergazzi, our friend, he did a video on his podcast because they have somebody who's on their show that talked about they could eat 12 Krispy Kreme donuts without even thinking about it. Oh, yeah. And then they, they somebody, the viewers brought them in or something, or maybe somehow they got them, like two or three dozen just to see how far he could get. He didn't get as far as he thought he would. But were they hot now? I don't know if they were hot now. See, but, that's the key. But that's the thing. Do you think you could eat a dozen Krispy Kreme without Tony, like just even... I could eat them not hot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could bring them in. The hot now, it's over because they do. They literally just they fade away. I ate so much sugar that I remember turning to my wife one day, and I don't mean this insensitively, but I said, I really hope I don't develop type 2, type two diabetes <laughs> type, over... Type 2 diabetes. <laughs> I can't even say it. Like I'm, I'm honestly talking. One of the first symptoms. If I went and had my blood drawn yeah. right now, right. it's such a drastic change to how I normally yeah. have been eating, and it, oh, it was bad. So I'm yeah, I've lost three in three days. Oh, I thought you were saying donuts. I've lost three donuts, guys, <laughs> and a lot of friends. Um, Wasn't that the old joke? Like I've been doing, I've been doing the low carb diet for uh, t- uh, two weeks, and I've lost so far. I've lost fourteen days or whatever. <laughs> I used to say for a while, I've lost seven friends or whatever. Whenever you go on a I used to, I have a joke about that in my show that I say I think it's interesting that I'm on a juice cleanse sounds a lot like I'm gonna lose friends because <laughs> <laughs> when you're on that you can't help but talk about it. Well, I'm doing this juice thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen those? Uh, we've, we talked about those progressive commercials where they don't become your parents. Now the oh. guy's becoming more militant. Though you notice he's getting more aggressive. Yeah. Like he's doing a seminar. Yeah. He's getting more yelly at the people. He's just shouty at them. And there was one where he said uh, he's doing like a, t- a conference where it's like it's a motivational speaker, like he's a Tony Robbins character. Have you yeah. seen this? Uh-uh. And he goes, the slide comes up. He goes, you woke up early. No one cares. <laughs> 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 that's like a huge one. Yeah. Like that's when you know you're getting older is when you feel the need to be like, well, I got up at six and tell everyone. Well, like the, to to get a little like affirmation from it. Well, the girl walking through the the thing on speakerphones. I had a light breakfast, and I'm gonna have, like. <laughs> yeah. She's wanting to re, yeah, relay yeah. all the details. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. No, I, yes, I am. Uh, I try not to talk about it a lot. I mean, just except on my podcast mm-hmm. to the millions of listeners. <sighs> but it's a it's a. Sadie wanted to, by the way, eat clean or healthy, and that stopped the first day. If I. Was Sadie's size? Yeah, 
I would never eat a healthy thing. I would wait until there's warning signs and just <laughs> people waving those flags at the end of the runway, you know, yeah. like, don't, warning. <laughs> there was a, I had a rental car, it just reminded me of this, I had a rental car the other day. And it had windshield wipers that did not go side to side. They started at the bottom and came up from the center. And it looked like, don't go. The bridge is out. <laughs> like, they were waving we- weirdly. Oh, anyway, so I'll wait until there's those kind of, like, we didn't, here's another example. I didn't grow up in a family where vehicle maintenance was a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, I know your dad had lawn care. Yeah. You guys, like, changed the oil every mow, right? Yeah. yeah. We waited until lights readouts right flashing things came on to say get this to it and it's way it's way too late right the transmission is hanging by a thread whatever a transmission thread a transmission right. thread the thread of a bolt i don't know but it's <laughs> we we were that kind of family so yeah this idea that i'm gonna like be a thin person and right. i'm just gonna go get in shape to get in shape i just want to challenge myself and see if i can run a half mile. i would never ever do it i've only ever known exercise to be either to lose weight or a punishment for being fat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. understand. I, Sadie's my hero. Well, it took up to my 30s. I was that way. And really, it was the it was when Laura got pregnant. Yeah. That I decided, oh, I don't need to die young. I need to start. So Right. That's true. That's a big one. That, you have kids. You don't want to be there. motivated me differently. Yeah. Uh, and then I had some habits then, some new patterns throughout my 30s where even if I gained some weight, um, like again, even I've been running while I've been eating bad some, so I, I've been able to go out and just start at three miles, which is great. Because if I hadn't been running the whole time, yeah, yeah, I'd be out There's starting no at a half a mile, and I got to work up. So I mean, at least I can go do that. Um, so there, at least that pattern's there. But I'm mad at myself this time. It's been a long time since I was like. I think you need to cut yourself some slack. Ah. <sighs> I knew better, Johnny. I knew better, and uh, but it was good. There's a time to feast, right? It John? is. We said that. Yeah, I was feasting, and actually, we had a great time. It was actually great holidays, and it was sad that we didn't get to go everywhere. Normally, we get to go because you know of COVID. We had a lot. Do we played Uno? One time, we reshuffled the deck in a game of Uno with me and my daughter and my wife. Six times we had to reshuffle the one deck game in one game. Y'all are bad at Uno. We get down to Uno, and some, and we would just start just. Just pouring on the draw fours, you know, and uh, just kept going. So we played, we got to play cards and do a lot of, uh, Sadie got a new bike because uh, she's a lot taller, you know. So like she and I, a couple of days ago, rode all the way down to the boat ramp down by the, you know, lake and stuff, took a bike ride together and stuff. So, I mean, it's been great family time and it is one of those things. Yeah. We just kind of enjoyed food. You know, we just kind of enjoyed it. But There's uh, a time and a place, John. And mm, now it's time. Now it's time for not. It's time to pay the piper. Yeah. Although I like, see, I like keto. I, I like uh, – it's, it's just hard to sustain, I think, and that's why you break away and you got to have the donut But because it's like your mind – when you say, I can't have this forbidden fruit, your mind goes, but it's the, your favorite thing. You go, well, I really fruit? like – but I like hot wings. And you're like, yeah, but you don't want hot wings every day, do you? What if you mix in a chocolate orange? <laughs> forbidden go, fruit. Right. Yeah. That's my forbidden fruit. Yeah, it's literally – no, and I, I I did finally get tired of wings a little bit. Yeah. Although tomorrow is supposed to be the 70 wing night. Uh, but Sadie has a volleyball practice, so I don't know. Well, I eat them all week, though. They're my I've lunch. Heard, They're I've my heard, keto lunch. I've heard tell that some people in your family are kind of tired of the wings. Oh, yeah. Sadie got tired of the wings. Yeah. I think when I was at the volleyball game where I almost ruined Sadie's <laughs> comeback, Laura was saying, God, the wings. She was so, like, she, she, <laughs> she got that was like, because I was like, it's wing night, huh? She was like, Ugh. Yeah, she she 
this is she's doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's doing a keto plan, but it's a little different. She's like preparing meals and counting macros a little more. It's like a it's like a uh, it's like a marriage of of not because keto the way I normally do, I just eat whatever I want as long yeah. as it's these kinds of foods. So she's doing a little bit of both, but. Like for me, I find comfort in the same thing yeah, every day. That's true. There is some of that. She does And I really only like seven or eight things anyway. So it's not like I have this huge, wildly diverse diet. See, I love Indian food and I love, I mean, I love Thai food. I love all kinds of food. You're it's trying just, to make yourself sound more global than me. Johnny, you? what I'm saying is, is I embrace all cultures. I, <laughs> <laughs> like some bigoted eaters that I know. Uh, no, but I, but she's but she's such a culinary person. Like yeah. she's got such a sophisticated palate that it really it just wears on her really quick. Like she just gets yeah. oh I can't have the same thing. I'm like ooh the same thing. Like I like that and pour some ranch on it. But I like the sophisticated stuff too because I'm married to her. So Johnny ranch is a thing. It's definitely like it's a very white trashy thing. If, like if, I was thinking about meatloaf the other day. Meatloaf with this ketchupy glaze oh, baked onto so it good. is completely white trash, and I like it. And you have to be okay with that. Dude. Like, yes. I meat- don't think meatloaf is, it's just southern. Meatloaf, but it's. What a gross characterization. It's just very, like, I think meatloaf came about because it was like, we only have this much meat. How can we stretch it? Throw in these cracker crumbs and this <laughs> other crap. And then, like, oh, it's kind of bland. Put this ketchup glaze on it and bake it. And then we're like, huh, it's kind of good. I, but I love meatloaf. <laughs> I love like, it. I don't just like it. I love meatloaf. Yeah, it's in my top But even five. as I'm eating it, I'm going, this is, I am trash. Do you mix your meatloaf with mashed potatoes? Of course. Of course. But you can't do that on keto. No, I don't. And, you and don't want to have meat and potatoes together like an animal. But <laughs> my wife makes a keto meatloaf. Yeah, okay. Super We good. had that this week. Yeah. And I didn't care for it. You had mixing what pork rinds or something? Uh, I think she uses maybe your, almond it's like something powdered mm-hmm. dust of pork rinds. <laughs> she makes it where it tastes just like it. Like I can't. Well, tell it difference. wasn't bad. It's just I can when I when I know what my wife's meatloaf normally tastes like. I'm like this yeah. is good. And when normally she makes it, I'm like this. Holy it, moly! Yeah, was great. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna. I'm 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 gonna go ten days. You're gonna go for the rest of your life, evidently. No. Here's the deal. I wanna... I'll give you a Krispy Kreme donut right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have one right here in this jacket pocket. I am going to uh, – the plan is, mm-hmm. th- look, one month at a time. Yeah. Like Sweet I, Jesus. At, at, least, <laughs> at least I'm going to go a month and see. Because what usually happens is if I've made it that far, yeah. then I've lost the cravings. And I'm like, okay, I want to go, go another 10 pounds or whatever, you know, and it's not going to be hard. Uh, Can you lose 10 more pounds, though, after a month like that? Because you're going to lose – you're not oh, gonna. No. You're Keto's not gonna. Slow. You're not gonna be here. Keto slow. I'll, I'll lose. I'll, I've lost three. I'll probably lose another, maybe two or three, and then I will stick for like two, three weeks. Like keto for me is a very. See, slow. that's when I would lose heart. I'd be like, well, this isn't even worth it. But I as long well. as I don't have some major craving, I'm, it's got to get past that point where yeah. I'm not craving anymore. And then it's like, okay, but I feel I better. Just, I don't feel tired in the afternoons. All yeah. those kinds of things. So, but my way, I get to have a cinnabon. Yeah, I do. Gosh. She made cinnamon. She made cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh Sunday, on our last day, she got up. When I came home from church, she had made biscuits and sausage. She had a, a pack of biscuits somewhere and made it. And we had this. Have you ever gotten the uh, the jelly from IKEA? Mm. There's like a. Um, we don't have an IKEA, John. Where are you getting this? Memphis. We pick up some and we bring it. You go to Memphis for jelly? No, I go to Memphis for IKEA. And they you got to put the jelly together. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a bunch of ingredients. Like a bunch of, now put this together, and then, then it's a bunch of then berries. put it in the fridge. You know, yeah. yeah, 
what's it called? It's called uh, it's not boysenberry. Oh, she's yelling again. Boysenberry sounds way too much like poisonberry. <laughs> like whoever came up with that. <laughs> hey, have some of these boysenberries. What? You know, what? it's like you're immediately. What is the name of the berry? Dip it's, the tips of your arrows in this. It's a, <laughs> it's a Swedish. Uh, anyway, we get it. We always pick up some for our friends too. Anyway, not everything has a Swedish name. Yeah, correct. That furniture, like Fnirkson. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a dresser. Yeah, it's uh. Anyway, I came home, brought Zaxby's, right? Eight wings because mm-hmm. I was going to go and maybe and start a little bit of keto. And she derailed you. No, no, she didn't. She was going to the store. Then I went over to the stove where the biscuits still were. <laughs> And I ate a biscuit and jelly. Then I pulled Sadie's toast out of her chicken tender basket, put more jelly on it. Wait a minute. Did you have Sadie's permission for this? She doesn't like her toast. That's why she's so skinny. Although she eats chicken tenders and french fries, but I don't know. So by the end of it, I'd had a keto meal plus biscuits and jelly plus toast and jelly. And at that point, I think I just went in and grabbed a Crisco can and just started eating straight out of it Mm -hmm. so i i knew it was like well i've really i've i've not only gone off the rails my patterns are off the rails so but we're gonna get it back because it's a new year new year guys and it's not about like one decision it's a million little decisions john that's right that set you on a path they chart a course Mm. um i don't know you made a good decision today listener i think so you listened yeah you made it for listening Thanks for putting us in your one of your. Maybe you don't agree with everything we say, but we're one of your sources. Yeah, you can be like, well, that's one way to think of it, losers. And then you go listen to who you really believe in. That's right. <laughs> and we've balanced it out. And you've lived out the sermon by listening to us. The real. No, I think that we're honest on the I show. Do yeah, we're honest. We just part of the deal is is everything is truthfully when we talked off the air. Everything is so. I mean, to be honest with you, people are attacking the U.S. Capitol while we're recording yeah, this. Like, they breached listened, the yeah. Capitol. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're in a really weird place. That it's a polarized time. Yeah, we're trying to be careful not to just add to mayhem. We're speaking truth. We're, there's some things worth speaking up for, but literally the Capitol is under attack by protesters as Congress argues over presidential election inside for only the second time in American history. So there's a lot going on. And we want you to feel encouraged and also equipped to know over time. Yeah. By the people. time this airs, we don't know what will have happened and or we will have each eaten a dozen donuts from stress. <laughs> That's what saying. Or we have eaten each other. That's, That's true. That, that, would be a, that would be a really stark. <laughs> Quickly, things went down. Yeah, man. What a fast. dystopian future. It's like Dwight, whenever they get stuck in the elevator. He, has, he establishes a pea corner. corner. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we've been in here 30 seconds oh that's funny hey but thanks for listening uh, make sure you check out uh, I do want to say to any of our Google listeners apparently there's been something with our Google feed that's been messed up we apologize we have our tech team on it we're working on it we hear Google's not a big company so right. they're a small they're really start. easy to get a hold of and uh, we're <laughs> <laughs> they so, got some bugs and stuff they're working yeah. out still over at Google. Maybe we have fixed the problem. Like, Are we being shadow banned? Oh my goodness! <gasps> Probably not. No, we're last. not important. They enough. don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody cares. We have we have fixed the problem like three times, and it keeps reoccurring. So we apologize for that. But our our crack team of professionals is working on that technical problem. So hopefully, you'll be listening to this easily off of one of your Google apps. And uh, if not, maybe it's time to buy an iPhone. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to. I don't know. I'm just kidding. You I'm did kidding. not just. Sorry. 
Uh, Android shame. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm great with it. We appreciate you listening on all platforms. And you can find all those platforms at talkaboutthatpodcast.com, where you can also uh, find uh, our social media uh, outlets, if you will, platforms. And you can also uh, go there and uh, see our Patreon page. That's true. You you can kick in if you like. Yeah, if you'd like to. It'd be a great time. Great time right now. We're not begging. No. But we're just saying, hey. Hey. If you like the show, yeah. this helps us make the show. It does. It does help. So it helps us reach more people. So send us your questions, though. Uh, leave a review. Uh, and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about as we move forward. So thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll see you next week. I'm going to talk about that. Considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, Search and follow the Messenger Movement podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.